Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Today, we'll end up our series on increasing our faith in God. And today's message is part three of the message. What is God looking and listening for in leaders? And we have already established the fact that we all are leaders to a certain extent. Uh, and some lead more things than others. And uh, But regardless, we are leaders and we're supposed to be working towards uh, improving our leadership ability. We're going to start uh, where we left off, except for I'll give two verses uh, before that. Verse 19 of Numbers chapter 14. That's where we're at, Numbers chapter 14. And we went through the first 20 verses of that last week. Uh, so I'm going to start on 19 and dive right into 21. Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your loving kindness, just as you also have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. <clears throat> so what we did last time ended with that, and I want to reinforce that, is that intercession is so important. I mean, it is really, really important. And God shows how important it is uh, all the way through Scripture. And all the men and women God who God uses to intercede, and he expects people to intercede, God answers. And it's interesting that God was really upset with, the, with his people who he brought out of uh, Egypt. And, and yet, when Moses stood in the gap for them, God readily pardoned them. It, it was not in a uh, going back and forth. It was just God pardoned his people. God is ready to pardon you. He's ready to pardon anybody in the sound of my voice because it's all over the uh, Internet and whatnot. God wants somebody to stand in the gap for us. And so we have people who are really God is gifted to uh, love prayer and love praying and praying and praying and pray, praying. Some people pray two, three, four, five, six hours a day. And because that, that, that's what they love doing. It's, it's a gift from God. It's like some people, they, they love singing. Some people love reading the word of God. Some people love doing a lot of different things that God has gifted us to do. I want you to know intercessors are very important. We appreciate all the intercessors in Cornerstone. We really do. And, that, you know, intercessors don't get a lot of uh, attention. They really don't. Uh, because most people in most churches don't like to uh, pray. There's any church. I don't care what size the church is. Um, we, we, the elders, we, we went to a church one time. I guess it was down south, and they had about 3,000 or so members. And they said they had 100 people in, in prayer. And I said, wow, isn't that great? They had a, a, you know, they have a lot of people in prayer. You know, to have 100 people in prayer, that would be great. And my attention was drawn to well, how many people do they have. Well, what percentage is that? And when you get right down to it, it's not that, that many people. 
and you could have 10 people in prayer and have more people than percentage-wise than somebody in a large church. So it really doesn't matter how many people you have. What matters is that the people that you have in there praying are in agreement, and they could continue to pray and pray and pray. So when we uh, say we have prayer on Thursday nights, well, uh, we have uh, people who've been praying for two, three, four years, five years. I don't know how many years uh, uh, we've been having a prayer, but it's a long time. It's a long time. And they're not looking for their names to be uh, put on the sign out front. All they want to do is pray and have God answer their prayers. That's all they want. And that's what uh, Moses was doing. He wanted to intercede for the people because he cared for the people. A leader is going to care for the people that they are leading. And so I want to just encourage again our intercessors, and I want to encourage more of you to join in Tennessee because they have explained that all you have to do is, uh, yes, we're there from uh, on Thursdays uh, from, I think it's, 7 to 8.30. Is that correct? And they don't say, if you come, you got to stay the whole time. No. You just come and stay as long as you can and keep pushing. You know, go back home, wherever you're going. It's okay. The thing is that it encourages them when they have somebody come and pray with them. But they don't, they don't have to have that. They're going to pray anyway. And so that's, that's very important. So I really appreciate our intercessors. And we need to know that God is a God that regardless of what we have done, if we stand in the gap and fight for our children, our marriage, our household, whatever we're fighting for, God is ready and willing to forgive and to pardon. And so when, when, you, when you know that, you say, I want to go pray. I want to pray more because I have so many things that I would like changed, but prayer changes things. It does. Now let's go to verse 21. That's where we start this time. But indeed, as I live, now this is God talking, Moses, and, and, and he starts off, but. Now, we know that when but <laughs> starts off, we know that what he has said is true. And he, if he said, I'm going to pardon them, and I have pardoned them, then that's true. But, he says. Now, how, how, how many of us know that God is a God of forgiveness? He's a God of grace. He gives grace. But he also is a God that's just. There is uh, some accountability that we have to, have to have. So he says, but indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. And this is the Lord talking. So <clears throat> we can look throughout Scripture in just one uh, verse in um, Isaiah chapter 6, he is explaining, the prophet is explaining that, you know, he had a vision, and he sees God sitting on the throne, exalted, and the cherubim over him, and they have six wings, two they cover their eyes, two they cover their feet, and two they fly with, and they say to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. And this goes on in heaven. And, and so we know that all the earth is filled with the glory of God in, in, in different places. You know, it, it says that we want to, and we were singing, that we want his glory. 
We want his glory. And God wanted them to glorify him. Because one of the ways that we glorify him is by being obedient. And that's what he wanted from his people to just be obedient because if you are obedient, you're going to bring glory to my name because God is interested in his name being glorified by us. And just think of the what Moses has said. He said, you know, your fame has gone before us and and you were you gonna take that 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 fame if you destroy his people. See, Moses was concerned about the glory of God. He didn't want the, the, the people, the enemy, saying negative things about God. Well, God couldn't bring them into the promised land that he promised, so therefore he, he killed them in the wilderness. No, Moses was interested in God's glory. Are we really interested in God's glory as we sang this morning? Are we really, truly desiring the glory of God? And if we're truly desiring his glory, we have to make sure that we are doing things, saying things that will bring glory to God from all of those outside who don't know God like we know God. They are not in his presence, you know, uh, praising and, and worshiping uh, uh, like, like we are at home or in church or in the car or wherever you go. You're, you're singing to the Lord. You're just thanking him. They are not doing that. So God wants the world to see how good he is. And I think we, we remember uh, Moses said, God, show me your glory. So if he says, show me your glory, he wants to see God's glory. And God said, well, well, you know, uh, you can't see my face. What I do is hide you by me and I put you in this place and I'll pass by you, put my hand over you, and then you can see my backside, but my face you can't see. Uh, no man can see my face and live. So Moses asked a good question, though. I want to see your glory because if, if you don't go with us, don't take us up. Don't take us up out of this place if you're not going with us, because how are the, how are the people going to see? How are the people going to know that you are with us? How are we going to bring glory to you if you are not with us? Moses was, he was serious about the glory of God. And, of course, God is serious about his glory. He's serious. Then he says in verse 20, Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs and which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice. Now, if you remember, some of the things that happened is that they were complaining. They were happy, happy, happy. And with tambourines, Miriam, and, and everybody, they, they were just so happy uh, when they crossed over or through the Red Sea on the dry ground. Uh, they were happy, happy, happy until they didn't have water. Then they started complaining. Then he gave him rock, or, or the, um, gave him water from the rock. The rock was Jesus, and, and and they were happy, 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 until they didn't have the food they wanted. And he says that you have these ten times you tested me, so those are just a couple. I wonder, do we do that? Do we really test God? 
that when things come up that are tough things, that we trust God's goodness because he said, you know, you can't see my face, but, you know, I'll pass by you see my hand. So you can see my, my goodness. Do we know that when, when tough times come, it's an opportunity to glorify God. It's an opportunity to show the world that in all the angelic world, the, the demons, it, it, it's important to show them that you trust God's goodness during these tough times because they had tough times in the wilderness. They had some tough times. And you wonder, say, well, why does God take them up to the brink of thirst before he gives them water? Because he could have given them water and said, you know, they're going to get thirsty uh, uh, at the while, so I'm going to start giving them water uh, now so that they won't ever complain. I'm going to start giving them meat to eat before they complain. I'm, I'm going to not have the water be bitter. I'm going to make it sweet before they even have to have that. I'm going to make sure they have it easy. Is, is that what, what salvation is all about? So that when we get saved, we have it easy. And we can tell people that give your life to the Lord because everything going to be easy. You don't have to worry about anything anymore because God's going to do everything for you. And all you have to do is sit back and, and say amen. Anybody been saved more than an hour? No, that's not true. God takes you right up to it and takes us right up to the brink of wondering, is he going to answer? The bill is due tomorrow. My electricity is going to be cut off. He's listening to what we're going to say. Isn't he? He was listening to what they were going to say. See, he's looking for somebody to say, you know, they say they're going to come out and cut my electricity off tomorrow. I got all day, all night. So I'm going to leave the lights on. So I have light. I have light all night long. Let tomorrow take care of itself. I trust God. He knows that I need light. He'll, he'll do. He'll do when he wants to. If they cut it off, so be it. I have candles. It's okay. It's okay. That's what he's looking for. That's what he was looking for from them. That's how we bring glory to God is to trust his word, to trust his faithfulness, to trust his goodness. That's what he wants. That's how we can bring glory to God. So if we want to see his glory, we want to see then our obedience because that brings glory to him. Verse 20, let's go to verse 23. He says, Shall by no means see the land which I swore to them to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Wow. Wow. That's encouraging because we know that Caleb stood his ground and said, hey, look, don't complain. 
because God is with us. The land is a good land, and, and the, the people in it, they are, they, they, are, they are strong, they are big, they all have walls, but it doesn't matter because their strength has left them. If God uh, has pleasure in us, he's going to give it to us. And he said, he, he, he sent us over there, and he said he's going to give it to us. So therefore, because he has said it to Abraham, didn't he? Everywhere, you, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give it to you. So they knew that he was going to give it to them because he's already said it. A different spirit. Do we have a different spirit than the world has? Because the world is, is a spirit in the world. We have, a, we have a flesh that talks to us. You know that? I don't want the spirit of the world influencing me. I don't want the spirit of my flesh influencing me. I want the Holy Spirit influencing me. And I know you do too. So as we want that to happen, then we have to say, I'm not going to listen to another spirit other than the Holy Spirit. That's the only one I'm listening to. Because the world, they have good advice. Good advice. But I'm not interested in their advice. I'm interested in the Holy Spirit's direction because he's going to lead and guide me into all truth. Verse 25. Now the Malachites and the Canaanites live in the valleys. Turn tomorrow and set out to the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. And they already crossed it. Now they they, they are ready. God was ready to take them in. Take them in. Now they got to turn back and go around and around and around and around where they've already been. That doesn't bring glory to God. It really doesn't. Verse 26. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel which they are making against me. And, you know, when they, they started off, they, they were making it against Moses. But when you make it against Moses, they were making it against God. Because God is the one who told Moses to lead the people into the promised land. So we see that sometimes we have to learn some things even there. I said, okay, God, I want to glean from what you're saying here because whatever leadership you put in place, you are saying that if I grumble and complain, I'm actually complaining against you. And you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, if all authority is from God and he allows somebody to be in authority, obviously God can remove anybody he wants to, when he wants to, and how he wants to. He can do that. If you're in agreement, say amen. He can do it. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what position you hold. He can do it. He can do it. You can be the president of the United States. You can be whoever you want to be. God can remove you as soon as you act like you're something, if he wants to. If he wants to. You, you remember in, in the scripture somewhere, this is a scripture that uh, <clears throat> this king thought he was something. He just thought he was, oh, he thought he was something. And God showed him how much of something he was because he ended up like an animal. You remember that? I mean, dew falling all on me, growing hair everywhere, you know. Uh, when God finished with him, 
He's ready to bow down. Oh, yes, the God of heaven. He didn't want to be no more uh, something. God can do anything he wants to with whom he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. He can do that. So none of us uh, can think we're something. We have to say, God, you are everything, and I'm going to keep my mouth closed because I might say something that is not in agreement with your word. I don't want to speak from the flesh. I don't want to speak from the world. I don't want to speak for what I see. I want to speak by faith in what you're going to do. And so I'm trying to glean what leaders do. I'm trying to glean what, what, what God wants. That's what I'm trying to glean. Verse 30. Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb, the son of Jephna, and Joshua, the son of Nun. They're the two. They're the two. Verse 31. Your children, however, whom you said will become a prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. I don't want to reject what God has for me. I don't want to reject what God has for this church. I don't want to reject what God has for my family. I don't want to reject what God has for my marriage. And I know you feel the same way. And so, therefore, I want to agree with God. I don't want to complain to God. I want to know what God is expecting of me as a husband, as a, you know, uh, parent. I want to know what he's expecting of me because I want to move into those things. He says, but, verse 32, but as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Verse 33, your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. When I saw that, saw that I, I said, oh my goodness. You mean that if I'm unfaithful, it can cause problems to my children. But I also look and see Caleb's children, Joshua, uh, all, uh, everybody's children that did what God said to do and acted what way God wanted them to act, then their children didn't have any problem. He, you, your children get blessed because you bless God. You are doing what God has asked you to do because of your faithfulness. Your children is going to be taken care of. Now, that's in Scripture. Just as sure as for my unfaithfulness can cause problems to my children and their unfaithfulness cause problems to their children. You say, well, well their children didn't die. They moved it. They, they, they actually went into the promised land. Well, if, if, if the children were at a time, let's say they were uh, 19, because everybody 19 on down, they went in. Everybody 20 and above fell in the wilderness, except Joshua and Caleb. So you add 40 years to 19, and that means that instead of going in when they could have gone in, because of the unfaithfulness of their parents, they now are older. See, he didn't, he didn't say, I'm going to keep them so they'll still look the same, act the same 40 years from now, even the 10-year-olds. The, no, uh-uh, no. They're going to still keep growing and getting older. 
I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to happen for us. So I said, God, I want to reverse this thing. I want to be like Caleb. Because uh, as you read scripture later on, and you see when, when, when Caleb said, hey, hey, give me what Moses said I was going to give. It's on the Joshua. And, and he said, I want this land right here. And do you know that he got it? And he had a, had a daughter that, that people, man, that they, they wanted to be married to his daughter because they know that you're married into, you're married into Joshua's family. You're married into Caleb's family. Man, they, they know he was, he, Caleb was tough. He was tough. And, and y'all, y'all are ready. How, how his, his, his daughter um, said, because he, she, she received an inheritance and it didn't have springs on it and water and stuff. And so she went and, and said, hey, Dad, hey, man, this, this, what you gave me, it's not, it's not, we don't have water on this thing. And he said, what, what do you want, daughter? Okay, you got it. Now, Caleb had children and they received the best. I want my children to see the best, not the worst. So I want to be faithful to God and not unfaithful. Verse 34, according to the number of days which you, you spied out the land, 40 days for every day you shall bear your guilt a year, even 40 years, and you will know my opposition. Verse 35, I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I would do to, to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be destroyed. And there they would die. And that's only because of their words. Their words and their actions. Verse 34. 36. As, the, as for the men who Moses sent out to spy the land and who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him. Now, it's saying that the the 12 were sent out to try to get the congregation to say, hey, it's going to be okay. We're going anyway because God is good. He's faithful. He said we're going to have the land. He's going to give it to us. But the 10 made the congregation grumble. You remember uh, in verse 1 of this chapter, they start crying. You know, see, uh, he's telling you, you made, you, you, your leaders, I sent you out, and you're supposed to be encouraged them. You made them grumble against me. And that's what we do not want to do. Make a leader grumble against us. And he says that by bringing a bad report. Now, a bad report is a report that God doesn't give. It's the opposite of God, what God gives. Verse 37. Even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. So they didn't just die, just, you know, trickle on down and they, someone was still living, you know, at, uh, after 39 years. Uh, they were just wiped on out. And that's not good. But it, to whom much is given, much is what? Required. So to be in leadership, if, if you want to be in leadership, uh, if you want to be a teacher or whatever you want to be, to whom much is given, much is required. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. 
So that's good news. Verse 39. When Moses spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, see, they, they hadn't heard this yet. So when he spoke these words to Israel, the people mourned greatly. And they were crying about situation when they heard about the giants and all the kind of stuff that was, that was happening. Now they are mourning greatly. Verse 40. In the morning, however, even though they were mourning before, they rose up early and went up to the ridge of the hill country saying, here we are. We have indeed sinned. But see, God is so good. He's forgiving, you know. That's okay. We've sinned. I acknowledge that. We've sinned. But we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised. You mean they actually knew the Lord had promised? I thought they didn't know the Lord had promised us. I thought they were going to wait for this good report uh, from the, the spies. And when they brought about a bad report, they didn't know what God says. But they knew. They knew. So they are saying, hey, Moses, don't you worry about a thing. We messed up. We messed up. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with God. We messed up, but now we're going up, bro. We're going up. We changed our mind. We remembered that, that you know, he promised, he promised to give us this. I don't know what was wrong with these, these, these leaders that we sent out. They, 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 I don't know what they're trying to get us, get us hurt or something. I don't know what they're doing, but Moses, we're going up. We're going up. Whoa. Verse 41. But Moses said, Why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord? Now, they already should have learned if the Lord says something, do it. Just do it. Let's do it. Do it. The Lord has said, you're not going up. You're going to die in the wilderness. You're not going up. Your children are going in, but you're not going up. You're going to be around this wilderness 40 years. You're not going up. Your children are going to be around there. You're not going up. You're not going up. They said, we're going up. We're going up. I don't care what you say. We're going up. Moses. Get your hat and coat. We go, we going up. No. No. He said, it's not going to succeed. Verse 42. Do not go up or you will be struck down before your enemies for the Lord is not among you. Verse 44. But they went up heedlessly. What does heedlessly mean? They don't heed. <laughs> they don't heed. They don't pay attention. They're going to do it anyway. Isn't that what they did to start with? That's what got them in trouble anyway. They did what they wanted to do. They didn't do what God said. They didn't do what Moses suggested to them. No, oh, no. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Because we got more with us, Moses, than with you. We going up. If you don't want to get your hat and coat on, we going up. We going to take the land. Verse 45. Well, the last part of that says, Neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord, nor Moses, left the camp. Now, the ark doesn't need a camp. 
That means the presence of the Lord. He, the presence of the Lord ain't, ain't going to go nowhere. You, you, you by yourself. You by yourself. Verse 40, 45. Then the Malachites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and struck them and beat them down as far as Hormah. Now, you can imagine here going up and that's about an hour or so you hear noise. <laughs> and you see, see dust flying and here they come back down. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I've learned so much uh, trying to glean uh, from not only what leaders do, what God is expecting out of leaders, but how God is. How God is. And he's so good. He's just, he's just looking for obedient people. That's all he's looking for. That's all he's looking for. Somebody that, that will trust him. Somebody that will believe him. Somebody that will... That God said this right here. And they read it. It's in print. And they said, God said it. I believe it. So it's settled. That's what he's looking for. And I want to ask you one question before I ask you. Uh, do you have anything? Is that do we listen to the reports of people like, like they did? They listened to the report of the, of the leaders that they sent out to spy the land. They listened to the ten. And they missed out on such a blessing. Do we listen to the reports of people and miss out on blessings? And the people who we're listening to says something that makes sense to our mind, our flesh, the world system, but it's not what God said. And we know what God said because it's written. But we're going to listen to what somebody else said. Do we do that ourselves? Because we can, we can, we can. Sit here and I can stand here and we say all this and we say, boy, they were so terrible. And they, they were an uh, evil congregation. You know, but see, I want to look at it and turn it to me and say, am I just like them? I do the same thing. I know God says something. I know he promised something. But yet, because somebody says something, and it, and, it, and it sounds good, but it's not what God said. But I'd rather to do what they said than do what God said. Do I do that? That's what I'm asking myself, and that's what I want you to ask yourself, because, see, a lot of times, and you know it's true, the doctor will tell you something, and you believe it. And it's opposite of what God said. It's not what God says. And you rather to listen to what the doctor said than what God said. And you do what the doctor said. Do you know that the doctor cannot do anything apart from what God gives them the grace to do? And, and, and they, they're good now. They're good. I, I, you know, I praise God for for given us doctors, nurses, and DNAs, and, you know, everybody. But I want to listen to what God said. Because, you see, I know for sure, when I was in the hospital, the nurse said, you know what that doctor did? That doctor told me that you know, this and this and this and this and this. And I didn't listen to him. I didn't listen to him. Because he had given up on you. 
And can you believe a doctor give up on you? <laughs> if they can't, if, if they have exhausted what they can do, what they've been taught to do, what are they going to do? And so, he didn't tell me that. Well, I have given up on you. I, have, I can't do nothing for you. I can't do nothing for you. But I can tell you that it's better to listen to God than to listen to the report of a leader who, you know, knows a lot. I mean, you know, they're tough. Because I'm sure those ten spies that gave the evil report, I'm sure they were tough. They wouldn't become leaders. But if the congregation would have said, like Josh and Kayla said, hey, look, you know what? <clears throat> I appreciate, you know, your opinion, but God has said this. And therefore, I don't mean in a disrespect, but I'm, I'm going to follow God. Now, that means a whole different ball game then. Okay. And it doesn't just have to be a doctor report about your health. It can be a lot of different things. A lot of different things. So I want us to do that. I want us to, let's do what, what God has said so we can get the blessings of God. Because he's he, he given us, he's given us many, many, many promises in that Bible. And those promises are for us to be partakers of his divine nature. That's what the scripture says. He wants us to be partakers of his divine nature. That's what he wants. But he's looking for people who will stand with him and not against him. Now, I said I was going to ask you uh, whether you got something that, uh, you know, that I didn't bring out because I said, you, you know, you, as you read it, God can show you something because um, there, there, there's other stuff in there. I mean, oh, my goodness, it's, 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 there's a lot of stuff in there. And some of you say, yes, I, I read this chapter uh, that you gave us to read. Uh, so I, want, I told you last time I wanted to give you an opportunity to hear from you. And uh, so that's what I want to do before I uh, give a salvation talk. Does anybody have anything that you want to share with the congregation that uh, you read it? Because that's why I gave you the assignment. Remember, I did, I did give you the assignment, didn't I? Yes, I gave you time. Uh, and you read it. You said, I, I, I got this right here. Now, I'm not looking for something you got out of Matthew, out of somewhere I didn't ask you to read. I'm talking about this particular, you know, chapter, because that, that was the assignment. And I want to do what I, asked, I said I was going to do, give you an opportunity. Anybody have anything? Because, uh, you know, it's okay. I'm not going to get up. Get up there, oh man, I missed that. I miss a lot. Yeah. Um, we can go over that chapter again and see different stuff. You can go over it and see different stuff because God shows us things. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. None of this. It's going to matter if we don't give our life to Jesus Christ. The first thing is to be healed. If there's anybody out there in the hearing of my voice and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ or here, today, today is the day. We don't want to come into another day without giving our life to Jesus Christ, who is our intercessor. He stands in the gap for us. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you haven't done. I don't care where you've been, where you didn't go. I don't care about any sin. All I care about is giving your life to Jesus Christ because he can take it from there. He can undo, outdo and overdo anything that the enemy has done to us. He can do that. 
And he asks that you believe who he is. He asks that uh, you believe that he died for your sins and he rose again for your justification. And he wants to take you into the promised land that will be forever and ever and ever and ever. Eternity with him. He doesn't want us to be in a place that was not meant for human beings. You don't want to be there. And all you have to do is ask him. Jesus Christ, I believe that you gave your life for us and that you died for us and you rose again on our, on our behalf. Today I want to serve you. Just any, any words you want to say. You can just say, God, help me. Save me. It doesn't matter. He said, anybody who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon him. Get a blessing. Father, we thank you for gleaning from Joshua and Caleb's experience. And also, the other ten spies who went up, gleaning what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. We thank you for that, Lord. But we do want to look in the mirror and say, Lord, help help us to speak what you speak, to act the way you want us to act, and to Glorify you by being obedient to your word. Help us, Lord, because I, for one, need you to help me speak right, do right, so that my children, my wife, this church, Father, would be blessed. Blessed. That's what I want. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.